But this morning we are, as I said, we're just going to get in the Word. We're going to spend time with Jesus. We're going to go after Him. And I want to spend a few moments this morning as we start in James chapter 5. And I'm going to be honest with you like I've been honest with some others. This week it's been tough. Like normally a sermon, I just, I don't know, they just kind of flow. And it's like, oh, come on. This week it's been like, Lord, I have no clue what to say. And my real belief is, because God's like, well, I'm just going to move anyways. I'm going to do what I want to do. So you don't need to be too planned out. That's what I'm thinking, I hope. Because if not, it's going to be a little weird later on. But this part, I believe God has given us uh, just for this morning. And it's a word I think that is challenging. It's sometimes a word that maybe we don't even want to uh, get into. Because, and as we get in, you might see a few things. Because we don't want to put too much pressure on people. We don't want to put pressure on uh, our own self. And you know what, when I read the Bible, there's moments that we have to realize, in fact, every moment we're in the Word, that it's not what I want the Bible to say, it's not what I want it to be, but Lord, what does your Word say? And what does the Word want to speak to me? And Jesus, what do you want to show us out of the Word? And I believe today that that's what we're going to be looking at, and I pray you will be blessed and encouraged, even if maybe, maybe it is, maybe it isn't a little bit more direct and straight on than, uh, than in some other days. So we're going to be in James chapter 5, specifically starting in verses 13 and going through the end of the chapter. Excuse me. It says in 513, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And I just want to start setting the tone this morning. If you're cheerful here today, there's a spot. Let's worship Jesus. If your body is struggling today, there's a spot for you. We're calling the elders of the church. If you are suffering today, uh, in other words, I think that covers all of us. It's going really poor. It's really difficult. My body is falling apart. Or it is just good times in the presence of Jesus. It's just good times in our life. Today is for you. Today is for each one that gets to be a part today. But as we continue on in the word, it says, in the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And there's something about coming in the presence of Jesus and realizing that when we come with faith, something simply takes place. And my prayer is, in fact, I know a bunch of people have been praying, have been fasting for today, have been asking, Lord Jesus, whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, we're going to get out of your way and we're going to let you be God. We're going to let you show up. What, that's, that's what we call faith. And we're going to be at the altars, and we're going to be praying, Lord Jesus, would you move? And what, what I notice about that, those words are, it says, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. That means there might be somebody in the room that you're sick, or you're weak, or you're struggling. It doesn't say the prayer of the one that comes to the front and needs prayed for. It says the prayer of faith, the one that's praying today, which means you might be here, and you might say, I, I don't even know. Well, you don't even really have to know this morning. Because God is big and strong, and he's going to require, I believe, maybe a step from you. But then you come and you put your faith with some folks up front that have been preparing and have been fasting and have been believing and have been in the word. And today, we believe that God, because of his word, we believe you're going to be touched. You're going to be here, healed. You're going to be set free. The prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Now, this is where I find it interesting that God puts this together. We realize it is time for faith, right? We, we read it. 
And in fact, everything else we try will not work for you. And I just want to say it one more time. Everything else that I try, everything else that you try, when it comes to anything that matters in life, it will not work unless Jesus is the center, unless Jesus is what you're looking for. And when we can understand that what I think and what I do and what I have and, and even all the things that we have in our world which are great, when it comes right down to the, the serious things in life, there's nothing that you or I can do. But Jesus is the only answer. Everything else we try will not work. But the end of verse 15 says, and if he committed sins, he will be forgiven. And in James chapter 5, we see that there is a correlation or can be a correlation that when we come to the Lord and we need healed, we sometimes we need to come to the Lord and we need to be forgiven. And when he heals us on the cross, he did not only die for our salvation, but he also died for our healing and for every part of us. And there's an understanding in the word, I believe, and something we have to get in our heart, that if we want God to truly show up how he can and how he wants to, I can't keep compartmentalized certain areas. I can't say, Lord, I have great faith. I have great belief that you will heal me this morning while I am just actively walking in sin and don't care about it. It doesn't go together. It's not compatible. When you come and when you pray, the prayer of faith, in fact, it will save the one who is sick, right? That, that save talks about, that word would talk about the human body, like physically, it would heal you. But it also has a, a double meaning, and that other meaning is literally will save you. When we come to the Lord, he will save us, he will heal us, he will set us free. Jesus healed both physically and spiritually over and over and over again. And when we come to the Lord and we're asking him for healing, I want to ask the Lord personally in my heart, Lord, is there anything in my spirit? Is there anything that I do? Is there anything that doesn't line up with the word? Because today, Lord, I don't want to have a healed body and a messed up soul. But Lord, I want everything to be saved as a part of who I am. And in fact, when we come to the front here a little bit later and we pray for healing, or when we come to the front here a little bit later and we pray forgiveness, I believe that either one of those moments is a great moment to believe that God is going to heal every part of who you are. And could we let our faith arise that when I come to give my life to Jesus or I come to confess or I come to lay something down, the Lord is going to simply move all the way around because that's what God does. He doesn't leave us halfway. He doesn't leave us, eh, that's good enough. No, he wants to save you, your heart, your body, your soul, every part of who you are. But verse 16 goes on and says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And going even deeper, it just said, confess my sins that you may be healed. Right, so if we didn't get it before, it's really clear that there's something that comes with giving and confessing and asking the Lord to forgive us that comes with healing. And this is where in the church world that there's been maybe abuse on some things. Well, if you're sick, it's because you're, if you're sick, it's because you're sinning. I don't see it saying that, but I do see it saying when you confess, when you give God everything, then you can be healed. You'll be healed. And today we're going to believe that it's time for faith. And with that, it's time for confession. It's time to offer him everything. In fact, this morning, Lord, if I look in myself, what is it? What is it that I can say? What is it that I can do? What is it that I can lay down before you? Because I don't want me and who I am and what I'm about to hinder what you are doing. Because we can't stop him, but we can definitely hold him back. 
We can say no thank you in my life. And when I just let sin reside and I let that be who I am, then I'm saying, Lord, I'm, I'm good. I've got it myself. And today we're called for faith. We're called to confess that we may be healed in the house. God says that you don't have to run anymore. He says confess. He says lay it down. And I believe there's folks in the house that you're like, well, because of what I've done, because of this, because of that, I can't. And you don't have to run anymore, church. Confess. Lay it down before Jesus. Let him heal you and restore you and make new. And watch what he does. Your whole body, your whole man, your whole woman, who you are. This morning, we don't have to run. Nothing else is going to work, so let's bring it to Jesus. As we continue on says that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Church, it is time to pray. If it's time to have faith, it's time to confess, then it's time to pray because the prayer of a righteous person brings power. A prayer of someone that comes in the presence of Jesus brings power. In fact, that word, yuka, that you shared, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness are gonna be blessed. And Right here we can see part of that blessing is that when you pray and when you're walking in righteousness, there's power that's going to be poured forth. In fact, this morning we're going to have prayer teams here in a few minutes that are going to come forward. And all I ask them, have you been in the presence of Jesus? Have you spent time in his word this week? Have you spent time with him? Because if not, this morning you can know that no one's going to be on the prayer team that's not been in his presence this week. Because we believe that when we prepare our hearts and we prepare ourselves... When we fast, when we pray, when we spend time with Jesus, when we look to, Lord, be hungry for your righteousness over my own and my own understanding, then there's power the word of God would speak. There's power. John 14, 12 says, truly, truly, I say to you, said Jesus, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Is there any ambiguity to that? Is there any ambiguity? No, when we are in him and when we're being led by him and we're walking by him, he says you're going to do greater works, greater things. Is anybody else in your natural, does that sound crazy? Like, Jesus, you said it, but are you sure? Like, yes, he said it, so he's sure. So this morning, he will do it when we walk in him. He will do it as we stand in him. He will do it. He's going to show up in our lives. It is time for prayer. As I've been praying, just uh, the, this thought, is it's time to stop running from God. I believe someone needs to hear it today. Turn to him alone, and the raging inside of you will stop. Turn to him alone. And there's people in the house that you have that inner just turmoil, that inner thing that just follows you. What happens when we start to hunger and thirst for righteousness? What happens when we start to go after Jesus? What happens when we start to confess? What happens when we let him heal us? What happens? The raging inside of us, the, the battle inside of us. We've given it to the Lord. I'm not holding it. I'm not carrying it. I'm not doing it on my own anymore. God shows up. In fact, I know this is a little bit, uh, some people are like, you can't say that. Well, this, I'm going to say it one more time. 
my kids, I believe, are not going to walk in anxiety or depression or suicide or addiction or anything else because we won't accept it in our life because Jesus is our answer and we give him praise. And when things come against us, then we don't say, oh, no. What are we going to do? No, we say, Jesus, you need to move in my life. You need to move in my heart. You need to move because this situation wasn't right. You need to move because those words weren't right. But we're not going to accept those words. We're not going to accept that situation as who we are. And I believe we can say we will not let those things in our life. And I want to encourage some folks in the room today that there's a raging, there's a storm inside of you. And it is time to say, I'm going to stop letting that be who I am. I'm going to stop letting the raging be inside of me. I'm not going to accept anxiety or depression or suicidal thoughts or addictions in my life. I'm not going to let anything that is not of God in my life because it's not what he has for me. I'm going to hunger and thirst after righteousness. I'm going to hunger and thirst after the things he has for me. And when I'm hungering and thirsting after him, there's no space for that stuff in my life. There's no space. And in our culture, in our society, we've turned way too far, I believe. And we're looking for the help and the answer of man, especially in the United States of America. We look too much for the medical field, which I'm so thankful for our doctors and people that put our legs back together and fix all the stuff. Thank you. We're, we're so concerned. We need this diagnosis in our life. We need someone to tell us what's wrong. And I want to say that in my life, I have chosen that the Lord, the God of the universe who heals and restores and makes new, that's where we're going to find healing. And we might need some help of a doctor, or we might need some help of a counselor, or we might need some help, but not as our, our answer. They just get a help in the process of what God is already doing in our life. And when we look from that order, instead of flipping it upside down, then I don't struggle in the same way. Because I'm not an anxious person. I'm not depressed. Even if in moments there's those feelings in my life, that is not who I am. Because Jesus would never call you the anxious one. He would never, no, maybe son or daughter, but he's not going to call you, oh, that's the depressed one. Or, oh, that's this diagnosis. Or, or even, I'm probably stepping on too many toes this morning. But I think we like to have our kids diagnosed with letters behind their name so that we can understand why they're a little bit more difficult. And I believe that God would say to some of us, it's time to stop saying, oh, man, I got to be sure I'm ADA, whatever, and all these other things. And we got to say, Lord, how do we teach and train our child? I'm not going to call them a name that is not of you. And in heaven, they're not going to be that, whatever those letters are at the end. But where they're going to be, and they are your child. And so today, God, we pray for strength as a parent. Not so, oh boy, we can be sure to get them on the right drug so it's easier for me. Now, I know I'm probably ticking people off. I don't know if we should do that right before we come to the altar. But God, we must call out to you and let raging within us stop because we're not looking for answers of man and of people and of humanity, but we're looking to the answers of the one true God. And God can use all that other stuff if that's what he wants to do, but I'm not going there first. I'm going to the king of kings, the healer in my life, the healer in my soul. And when we do, it all looks different. And I believe there's some folks in the house that maybe specifically, with, just with hyper things, AD, ADD and ADHD, that somebody needs to hear, that's not who you are. That's not what you're about. You might even be on medicine for it and praise God, but that's not who you are. 
You are a child of the king. You are a servant of the most high. You're going to be used by him. And because of a label or a name or some letters that a doctor put after your name, that's not who you are and not who God created you to be. And in fact, this morning, is it too bold to say, I think there's some young people, some middle-aged people, some older people, that God wants to heal you of some of those letters that doctors have put on your name. That we can believe for the bigger things in our life, whatever they are, we bring them to you, God. We offer them to you, God. And we're thankful for counselors and doctors and, and surgeons and all these things, really thankful. Pastor Dave's had a couple of blown ACLs. He's thankful for surgeons. But Lord, we don't go to the medical field first. We go to you first and we let you guide us and lead us. But we'd never let someone label us and put a name behind us that limits us or puts us down in your kingdom because that's not from you. So no matter what you walk with today, let God move. It's time for prayer. It's time for the word of God in your life. And specifically, if you struggle with anxiety, depression, or suicide today, I believe God's going to heal some people literally in moments this morning that you've been struggling for a long time, but today it's going to be an instant thing for many. There may be some others in the house that it's a little bit more of a journey. We don't always understand. God doesn't do it the same for every person. But today there's going to be some people that are healed instantly, and there's going to be some people that are healed as you Commit to a process in your life and commit to a process where suicide, no more. Depression, no more. Anxiety, no more. And we're going to walk in the power of God. And he might use a counselor in your life. He might use somebody, a friend to help you walk that journey. Praise the Lord. But it comes from him. Healing comes from the God of the universe. We'll walk hand in hand with Jesus and bring his reality into our situation. That's what the prayer is today. Lord, not what I see and what I can clearly understand. In fact, sometimes, I think I'll take some time. Much of the time, we overthink the things of God. We overthink it. We want to, even in theology, we have to understand things that I don't even know if we're supposed to truly understand. We want to fight about things that we're not, and we want to think in our minds things. It's like, that's not even important. It doesn't matter because Jesus is your provider. He is your healer. He is your Lord and your Savior and creator. And if he created you from nothing, do you believe that this morning it's possible he can take care of you? He can put you back together? He can make you a person that is fully functioning and that isn't walking in whatever label that has been placed on you? There is no doubt. He's good. As we continue on, uh, verse 17 and 18 talks about Elijah It says he was a man with nature just like ours. Now, real fast, that is not a compliment. The point of that is not like, woo, he's awesome just like you are. It's actually saying the exact opposite. Whatever you feel about yourself, the point is Elijah is just like you. Elijah didn't have some special nature. Elijah is not Jesus. Elijah is not some super powerful being that walked the face of the planet. But what did Elijah do? said he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. Why, why do you think James would throw that in there? He's saying we think so little of ourselves. We, we discount ourselves. We say we can't make it happen. And he's saying just like Elijah was just like you and messed up just like you and acted just like you and had problems just like you. When he spoke with faith, believing it didn't rain for three and a half years that would be a problem 
right? That, that's not normal. But when he spoke the word of God, what God told him to, it happened. And today, through you, today in you, today you can experience the power of God move in a way that just you stand back and say, no way. In fact, we were at the front this morning and we were praying. And that's my prayer for this morning is, Lord, move in a way that we look and we just say, well, don't have to worry about it. It wasn't us. It couldn't be us. We can't take glory for any of this because we can't do that or that or that or that. Right? That, that's what it's all about. And not because Pastor Chris or anybody else in this room has some great whatever. I don't even know what we'd have. Because we don't. We definitely don't. Not because we've never sinned. Because we definitely have. Not because this has been a perfect week. Because it has not been. But because God is good. And Elijah, with a nature like ours, spoke three and a half years, no rain, spoke again, and it came. It's time uh, to walk in the power of God. It's time to move in righteousness, just like was spoken this morning. It's time to let God move and show up in a powerful way. And I got to get done here so we can get back to it. And whatever God wants to do this morning, the last couple of verses... Verse 19, my brothers, if anyone among you wonders from the truth and someone brings him back. And can we just say, it's time for vigilance in the church. There's never been a moment in my lifetime, I'm sure in history, things are cyclical, it's crazy. If you haven't seen the Jesus Revolution movie, that movie is awesome, like awesome. What God did in the, the 70s and what God did and moved and showed himself in power. The world was a mess. That's what happens. We're a mess. People are a mess, if you didn't know it. Now, we're followers of Jesus in the house. We're saved by grace, so we're, le we're, we're not a mess. Jesus looks at us and says, come on. But we still have our issues. Our world still has our issues. But it's time. If anyone among you wonders from the truth, it's time for vigilance to say, Lord, anything in me that has gotten off course, we're going to get back to you. Anything that the word of God speaks as truth, as principles of his word, we're going to get back to you. And there's times when I'm like, Lord, I, I just want to be sure that we say things correct. I want to be sure that we do things right. But in a world where we struggle with things that don't make sense, that God created, what God did, what God put in marriage, what God put in humanity, when what God put in each one of us as man and woman, when as a country and a society we struggle, church, it's time for vigilance. If things that are this big can creep into the church, if you... Read anything. If you look anywhere, denominations or groups of, of churches that say, ah, the Bible, eh, that's not important anymore. You know what happens when churches say, you know what, the Bible's not important anymore? They die. It happens over and over and over again. You stand on the truth and the power of the word or you don't. And when we get to a place where all of a sudden, this makes me uncomfortable, then all of a sudden I step outside of the word of God. And it's time to be vigilant. For our young people in the room, the word of God, God created man and woman. He called marriage a man and woman to become one, which what, what's that mean? Church, that's the truth. That's who we are. And it doesn't matter what I want or it doesn't matter what I feel or it doesn't matter what I think. The word wins every single time. And that's why it's so important that we're vigilant in the word. And you know, we could think of those areas or, or sexuality, but in the church, I think a lot of times, in a, a well-grounded church, you know what, maybe, maybe those are the big things. But maybe for some of us in the room, we don't even understand that. But we let other things creep in. 
Is it possible that really solid Christians all of a sudden start letting their mouths run and say things that shouldn't happen? Say things that should never be said about someone? Is it possible that we all of a sudden are looking at or watching? It's not that big a deal. I'm just going to watch these things and let these things be. Is it possible that God would say, ah, I can't really speak to you while you're watching scenes of shows and while you're letting this trash be a part of your life? Is it possible that God's sitting there like, ah, why do I have to sit with you and be in the room with this? Now, he loves you, but why do we do that to ourselves? And it's easy to say the Bible, and it's easy to say one man, one woman, but it's tough sometimes to say, Lord, what I look at, what I put in me, what I let be a part of me, Lord, what I say and speak to other people. Church, we have to be vigilant that we love people, and we love people that are struggling with biblical principles of marriage, biblical principles of sexuality, biblical principles. If we're not loving and we're not caring, we can be just as bad and walking in sin in a different way, but about the same topic. And God wants to use his church, but we have to love. And this morning when we come to an altar, we have to be vigilant. Lord, would you speak? Would you show yourself? Would you let me walk in you and walk in your power? If anyone wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. That, that sounds pretty good. And today it might be that in this moment, we're going to have some confession time. We're going to have some repentance time. Someone's going to pray for you and believe for you. Maybe God will give a word to somebody. And come and give you a word and encourage you. There's, there's something that we must do. We must be vigilant to walk in the Lord. Because it's time for salvation. It's time to let the goodness of God move. Whoever brings back a sinner from wondering will save his soul from death. And will cover a multitude of sins. You know what this morning... I want to be sure that nobody in the room is so arrogant to think that God can't work in and through your failures. Before we come back to an altar and worship, it's only arrogance to think that because of what you've done, God somehow sent Jesus to die on the cross for your sins, but it doesn't work for you. It's arrogant, truly. And there's something about realizing, Lord, no matter what I've done or what I feel in myself or how I feel walking through these doors, today you can even use me. And in fact, when, it, when I look biblically at all the people he used in the Bible, I almost feel like he especially can use you if you feel like you're a mess. Because that's what God used over and over and over again. And today, we are not going to be arrogant and say, because of what I've done, he can or cannot move. No, it doesn't require anything from you today. His salvation, his love, his, his holiness, his righteousness, he brings those things and puts on you. He died on the cross for you. So when we come and give him our life, church, that's it. You can be used this morning. You can be used. It's time to be vigilant. It's time for salvation. And the last thing, it is time for the church to stop accepting the diagnoses of a fallen world on whatever thing it is, on whatever part of who we are, it's time to let the salvation of God move in our lives. It's time to let the power of God move in our life. It's time to let Jesus show up. And when Jesus shows up, everything looks different. And that's what today is all about. Today is all about, Lord, whatever you want to do, however you want to move, 
however you want to show yourself. Today, God, we give you glory and honor and praise, and we are all in to say, Jesus, it's time for your salvation to move in my life. It's time for faith to be poured out. It's time that we're going to confess. We're going to pray. We're going to walk in righteousness. We're going to be vigilant. And Lord, because we do, we're going to see you move. Worship team, if you all want to come back up here, we're about to get back into a spot where we have an hour and 40 minutes. And if it doesn't end quick enough for you, you can leave whenever you'd like to. Because <laughs> we're going to have fun today. And we don't know what God's going to do. We have some thoughts. We're going to pray for healing. We're going to pray for salvation. We might even have a baptism later on and nobody knows yet. So we'll see what God does. But this morning, church, it's all about are we willing to offer every part of who we are to Jesus? Not 60% or 90%. Maybe some of you feel like you're like at 1%. Whatever you're at. Not that. All of us. All of us. Lay it down. All of us. But the first thing that we're going to start with this morning is I believe that God wants to speak. It's time for faith to arise. And for faith, we must be a people that are not afraid to confess. We must be a, a people who are not afraid to lay it all down at his feet. We must be a people that are not afraid to repent and to come before the Lord and to offer him every part of who we are. As a part of a, a Pentecostal church, a, an AG church, I don't know that confession is our number one thing. We don't confess very often. And you know what? That might be bad. That might be something we should do more of. And this morning, we're going to come before the Lord. And I'm going to ask every person in this room to be bold. I feel confident that everyone in this room could come up with something and say, Lord, I need you to do this in my life. I feel pretty confident. And that means there's, I don't know, 150, 200 people, 200 maybe in the room who say, I have something to confess. And we're going to, in a moment, have our prayer team come forward. And some of you may want to confess to somebody next to you. Some of you want to come to confess at the front. In fact, I would ask you, we're going to pray. We're going to seek Jesus. And I would ask you, if you've been struggling with something that you've been holding on to or that you just can't let go, would you this morning in a couple minutes, would you come to the front and would you confess? And when I say confess, I just want to be real clear. I'm not talking like, oh, I have a sin. Yeah, we all have that. We got you. I'm saying, I've been struggling and be real. I've been struggling with pornography. I've been struggling with alcohol. I've been struggling with gossiping and hurting people with my mouth. Well, you put it into your words. It doesn't need to be a lot of words, but straight, direct words. And our prayer team is going to pray for you. They're going to believe that healing is going to come to you. That salvation is going to come to you just as the Word of God said. We believe this morning that the power of God is going to move, that you will be healed as you confess your sins. And you may have needs in your body. And I want to encourage you, if so, begin to ask God to move. You might come back up here in a few minutes or maybe God will heal you while you're praying for yourself and your sin. Maybe he'll bring healing to your body because it seems like that happens in the Bible a lot. And this morning we need to confess and I'm going to ask a bold question. I'm going to ask every person in the room to confess to somebody. You could turn to your left or right. You don't even have to know who they are. They might find it weird, but this is just that sort of a service. And you can confess. And for many of you, it's going to be coming to the front and confessing. And specifically, if you have something that's been with you for a long time this morning, I'm going to ask you, be bold. And if we have 20 people deep that need to confess at the front, praise God, we're going to do it. If so, prayer team, we're going to take the time we need. And if it takes a long time, that's okay. If we get to the next block of prayer, that's okay. We'll keep praying on that until we're done. 
because God wants to move, but we must be willing to confess. And this morning, if you're here and you say, I, I think I came to the, the, the wrong service. Actually, it's the right service. Maybe you don't even know what we're talking about, but you feel Jesus knocking on your do- the heart door. You feel him knocking. This morning, I want to encourage you. Come to the front, confess to one of these, and let them lead you to the Lord. They're just going to lead you in a simple prayer. But when we mean it in our heart, church, the God of the universe opens the door. He welcomes you in. The heaven rejoices in praise and worship, saying, come on. They cheer you on. There's nothing better. Don't miss it. If you have not given your life to the Lord, today is the day. Come talk to one of these at the front. They're going to lead you in a prayer. The ultimate confession, the ultimate miracle, someone's heart being turned to him. So if we could, could we stand all over the room? Could our prayer team, uh, you're prepared. Could you come to the front uh, in groups of two or three this morning? We're going to go after Jesus. We're going to go after his move. This morning, if in the middle, two and a half hours is a long time. If you have to go to the bathroom, hey, this is your day. You can run to the bathroom and come back. No guilt in the room. If you want to make this a prayer house, which is what it is, you want to walk side to side, along the sides, along the back. You want to find a place to get alone. The altars are open all day. Let's go after Jesus today. Whatever he wants to do, however he wants to move. But first this morning, if you need to confess your sins, if you need to confess your sins today, it's time. In fact, I would encourage you to begin coming to one of these here at the front. Lord, we ask you, Jesus, that this morning we want to see healed hearts, healed souls, healed healed bodies. Lord, and it starts with confession. It starts with laying it all down at your feet. It starts with offering you every part of who you are. So that's what this service is about. Lord, we're going to give you everything. So today we offer you every part of us today. Lord, don't let us stop. Don't let us stop short of of giving you everything. So Lord, I pray for a boldness where people I know don't like to come and don't like to confess and don't like those things. But Lord, today we're going to do what your word says. We're going to confess one to another. And Lord, when we confess, you may be healed, your word says. The prayer of a righteous person has power. So today there's going to be healing in hearts and souls and bodies. So Lord, we love you. As we give you the rest of this time, God, move. Show up right now as we confess, as we ask for repentance. For those that don't know you yet, Lord, we pray that even now they would come. They would give their heart to you. They would follow after you. That's what it's all about today. So we worship you. Church, let's worship. Let's confess. Let's give the Lord every part of who we are today. Today, we're going to pray for one more thing before we head out this morning. We've got... A guy that's in the hospital, Roberto, he's been in a coma. He just needs a touch of God. And I know there's people in the room that there's people you know that they need a miracle. There's no other way to say it. Without a miracle, we just got to pray for Van. There might be more cancer, whatever it might be in people's lives. Could we this morning lift up those who aren't here, maybe can't be here, that God will heal? Maybe there's people in your life that are struggling with suicide and they're struggling with just the, the will to fight. Could we pray? Could we stand in the gap this morning as we're celebrating what God's done? Let's not forget that we get to take him to our world, which means now we have a responsibility to go. So let's pray for those outside. Lord, we worship you today. God, we ask you, we ask you for Roberto, Lord, that he would wake up from that coma, that his life would be, would be a restored, God, that what the doctors cannot do, you alone can do, God. So we pray for it. We pray for Van. We pray for more in this room. Cancer would be gone. Lord, suicidal thoughts, Lord, would be gone. Trying, all those things would be gone. Instead, we would stand on you and you would heal. You would restore. You would make new. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We worship you. Lord, we need you, God.
We need you, God. We need you, God. Do your work. Jesus, we praise you. Jesus, we praise you. Jesus, we lift you up. Jesus, we exalt you. Lord, for what you've done in this room, for every person you've answered, for every person that you've given hope to, for every person you've given direction to, for every person, God, that you've touched them, you've spoken to them. Lord, we don't leave that here at an altar. We don't leave that in a building, but Lord, we take what you've done with us to our world. Lord, to make a difference wherever we go. This week, the church should be the most powerful, the most boisterous, the most bold we've been, God because we've spent time with you. Lord, we're thankful. Lord, we're thankful that every week we come together. If it's a two and a half hour block, an hour and 15 or 20 minutes, God, this is what we desire. You moving, you being poured out. Lord, let us be bold. Let us be bold in you, Jesus. We praise you. We thank you. You are so good. You are so good, Jesus. Church, our God is good. We're going to sing one more song that will close our day out. And I'm just thankful that you would come and you would worship and you'd be in the presence of Jesus. Two things, as you leave, if you're new with us, you've never been to party with the pastors, I'm gonna change, get some dry clothes on, and I would love to meet you in the glass room. Maybe you're just here for today. Come, I would love to meet you. Maybe you've been around a while. I'd love to meet you. We wanna get you plugged in if you are if you're been around for a while or just bless you if you're here just for today. And uh, so join me in the glass room after this next song. God is good. This week, we always say it, be careful what you watch, be careful what you listen to, be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus, and let's worship him while we get ready to take off today. Love y'all. Come on, Radio Life.